For the Lord. Now we're here from our male courts and we had a word. Church, say amen. Given and the things he's blessed us with, but most of all. I want to worship him just for who he is. If he never did another thing for us, just for who he is, we lift him higher. The name of Jesus, hallelujah. You're already here.
worship and praise. Oh, we worship and we recognize. Ah, come on. Father, we thank you for the privilege of life and worship. And God, we come humbly before your presence, realizing and recognizing that we are no good. We are sinners saved by grace. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and grace. God, hide us behind the cross. Speak to our hearts change our conditions, heal our souls, correct our thinking, move by your spirit, convict, convince, if need be convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. We give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank God for the ministry of dance, ministry of music, and now the ministry of the word. It's truly 
God is an awesome God. This is the fourth Sunday in the glorious month of January, 2012, and on the first Sunday, our thematic thrust has been renewal, last year was refocus, and this year we want to be renewed. Amen. 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 The first week we dealt with a, amen, a renewed focus from Colossians 3. Second week we dealt with a renewed formula. The third Sunday we dealt with a renewed finish. Today we deal with a renewed future. Amen. And my sub-theme is keep the door open. Keep the door open. I want to turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and we greet our TV audience. We thank God for our visitors. Thank God for Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Keep the door open. The life of the believer in Jesus Christ is not a life of hunches and false hopes, luck, or leaning on occult practices such as astrology, necromancy, and palm reading. Rather, the life of the believer is a deep trust in an invisible, all-knowing, all-wise God for our future. And as we pray in his will and participate in the principles of his word, and promote his program, we become providentially insightful, amen, to God's open doors. Yeah. And what God does in this matter of open doors, and there are four scriptures, we'll cover all of them. One was read in your hearing that God specializes in opening doors. I, 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 I believe everybody under the sound of my voice can, amen, vouch to the fact that God has, during the course of your life, without you knowing it, without you praying for it, opened up doors that you and I could not open. He has opened up doors for your children. He has opened up doors in your relationships. He's opened up doors on your job. He's opened up doors in college. He opened up doors 
in your health, God has opened up doors. Thank God for the doors that he has opened. Amen. And there are three important factors which warrants this opening up of these doors, and, and we're going to review these repetitively as we first keep his word, as we honor and boast his name, and as we have an acknowledgement of having little strength within ourselves, which to rely, then God constantly, continuously opens doors. The Apostle Paul packages a very peculiar combination of opportunities and oppositions in this text. And it's here that Paul is very, very careful in his language of futuristic things. Me meaning that Paul, Paul, amen, made sure he used his time, talents, and treasures the right way. That in this text, Paul is very tentative about talking about the future. And, and, and we have to be careful. We have to be careful because I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a strategic planner. And when I open my day timer or some of you open your phone or your computer, you already have all 12 months figured out. You have dates that have been circled. You've have crossed your T's and dotted your I's futuristically. And I think strategic planning is a great thing. But at the end of the day, God determines all future things. Do I have a witness? You can plan all you want. You can anticipate. You can hope to see. But amen, God is totally in charge of the future. I don't need you reading my palm. I don't need to go to no crystal ball. I don't need to read the daily page of astrology. All I need to do is trust this all-wise, all-seeing, all-knowing God with my every step. Do I have a witness? Je Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. And in 2012, we're going to have some ups and we're going to have some downs. We're going to have, amen, some mountains and we're going to have some valleys. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and as Paul is tentative in his language, he uses phrases such as, it may be suitable or, but I trust, or it may be Paul's entire plan for the future is always totally dependent on the providence pro video of Almighty God. Like James says, if the Lord would permit. Can I get a witness? You say, well, will you come over to my house next Thanksgiving if the Lord spares life? If, if the Lord, 
And, and, and we can't just say, if the Lord permits, if the Lord spares life, uh, those of us that are tuned in to this dispensational and eschatological thing would say, if the Lord delays his coming. Can I get a witness? Because he might come back tonight. He might come back next week. He might come back next year. Do I have a witness? Paul, Paul in this 16th chapter begins a very unique discussion on opportunities or open doors as he and Luke, Luke in the first person, it's interesting, I mean, he, he is traveling towards Macedonia and, and circumstances, listen to this, beyond his control makes him revise his plan. We're going to have circumstances beyond our control. Yeah. That will automatically revise our plans. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and what Paul did, Paul, Paul was going through Macedonia and he had to return to Ephesus and Amen. They, they went to Troas and he and Titus had to wait to hear from God. We need to learn to stop, pause, and park. That um, the reality is we put on God our plans and then we call them God. We make these finite determinations based on our feelings and our reasonings, and then we attach God's name to it. And when they don't work out, then the devil makes us walk away thinking that God let us down. When God in the first place didn't tell you to do it, I'm preaching to somebody. Can I get a witness? God, God, God didn't tell you to go there. God didn't tell you to come up with this plan. It was your plan. And we, we, we need to, amen, take that wise counsel of Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not. Put your car in neutral and shut your brains down. Just shut your brains down. Lean not to your own understanding. Because God has a stake in our situations. Mm. I remember in Acts chapter 16, I, I mean, don't turn there. Here, here, here's Paul, here's Luke in the first person. And, and he, Paul and Luke, Luke wrote the book of Acts. They are traveling in Acts 16. And the Bible says, and the spirit, by the way, they weren't going to the casino. They, they weren't, yeah, they, they weren't going shopping. Yeah, they weren't going to some party. They were in the midst of a missionary journey traveling in God's will. And the Bible says, and the spirit forbade them. The spirit said, uh-uh, we're going another way. And, and God closed two doors to open up. Another door where Paul at night in a vision saw a man in Macedonia saying, come over and help us. 
And that man was in the city of Philippi. Y'all ain't hearing me. That God closed these doors towards Asia so that he could get reroute him towards Philippi because there was in Philippi a Philippian jailer that needed to be saved. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Jesus Christ in John chapter 4 had to send his disciples into the city to buy food so he could be alone with this woman at the well because election told Jesus at noon, you got to be there. And, 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 and the Bible says he must needs, must needs. He had to go to Samaria to save this woman. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and child of God, child of God, when we look at this whole philosophy of closed and open doors, and I've had doors closed and I've had doors open, and I didn't deserve the open doors, Amen. And it was God's will about the closed doors. Can I get in fact there were times in my life when God told me that's none of your business. You don't need to know that. The hidden things, somebody see where I'm going with this, belong to the Lord, and the revealed things belong to us. And it's in this context I want to pick up four critical components. To these open doors and and, 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 and and this open door metaphorically could be used as his will what is God's will now now there's a formula here the formula is listen learn not to move too quick learn not to move too quick here's the opposite end Analyze the situation. First of all, pray. Listen, pray and study the situation. Did you hear that? Yeah. Pray, study the situation. You're analyzing it. You've prayed. You're studying the situation. And then, listen to this, after you study the situation, use common sense it was God's gift to you now we don't typically hear about common sense from the pulpit and, 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 and common sense means sense that is common mm. um, and, and, and there are some people that don't have common sense and they need common sense are y'all praying with me some more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got to talk about it. Common sense. If I'm, if I'm about to talk to you as a candidate to be a wife, and I see you with five other guys, common sense <laughs> ought to kick in. Somebody going to get this. Common sense says you shouldn't do anything illegal because ultimately you're going to get caught. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, 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 and then after you 
don't move too quickly, study the situation, pray, use common sense, then, listen to this, don't take too long moving. When, when, once you have a conviction that God is giving you insights, move. What are you waiting for? I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, 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 you don't have no faith. Well, I'm, I'm just waiting. How long are you going to wait? You're getting ready to die. How long are you going to wait? Don't move too quickly, but don't move too slow. Somebody, somebody see what I'm going to Paul here begins to deal with some significant things. And by the way, if you make a mistake, grace will come and get you. It, it, and, and we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes in my decisions. You made mistakes in your decisions. And what happens when we make a mistake and blow it? Amen. God does not leave you to suffer out your pitfalls. He just sends grace. Can I get a witness? And, and, what, and what grace will do? Grace, grace will come and pick you up. Grace will turn you around. Grace, grace will let you know that even though you failed, I still got your back. Even though, even though you've blown it, I'm going to fix it. Even I'm preaching to somebody. Even though you are hard-headed, I'm going to work on the situation. Thank God for that. Mm. Look at these four critical elements of the open door. Now, in, in, in your hearing, that which was read in the scripture, Acts, amen, 14.27, don't turn. There's an open door to the Gentiles that only Paul could go through. Peter was commissioned to the Jews. Paul was commissioned to the Gentiles. Paul's problem was God, listen to this, opened the door to the Gentiles, but Paul still tried to go through the door to the Jews. And it slammed in his face. And it put him in jail because God didn't call him, yeah, to the Jews. He called him to the Gentiles. And, and, child, and child of God, when we look at these proverbial doors, I want to talk about these doors that no man, you know, today the pastorate has become, amen, a corporate undertaking. Yeah, where... Prideful men think they have the marketing ele elements of corporate America to grow a church as you do an organization. And, and, and the, fact, the fact of the matter, that's not true. One plants, another waters, but God says, I'm the one that gives the increase. It's not predicated on your intelligence, your degrees, your ability. It's predicated on the spirit. And so when we stop looking at Jesus, yeah, and get to looking at one another, we think we can duplicate what someone else did, and God's Spirit has the last say-so about that situation. You know, I came here almost 25 years ago, I, and by the grace of God, had 150 members, and, and, and I started, I was working 40 hours a week in the government, traveling, just got married, I was working uh, 40 hours a week in traveling. I came, I started a Bible study on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. All different books. Got on the radio in 1988 and just kept going with the word, the word, the word. I was planting seed, but if God did not bless the planting, there would have been no growth. Can I get a witness? And, and, and so, child of God, what God wants in place, listen to this, 
He wants you to be faithful. I'm going to come to that in a minute. He wants you to do his revealed will, and then the Holy Spirit does the rest. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child, when you begin to look at these four critical components of open and closed doors, he begins with a perception of enlightenment to the open door. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I want you to see verse 7 and 8. Uh, do you have your Bibles open? Paul says, for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord would permit. Can I stop, start, and park with you? Look what Paul is saying in this text. First, I trust, then I'm going to pray, then I'm going to tarry, I'm going to wait. When the door is not open, our instruction is to continually trust the Lord. And then pray and then tarry means wait. You need to wait at that door. Hallelujah. Because there are three factors, and I want to go over these factors repetitively. What is it that allows God to open up doors for you and me? Three things. It's in all the texts. I'm going to bring it out. First, to keep his word. Walking in the principles, walking in the light. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We're sinful beings. But I, I'm, I, listen, if I choose to live a life of fellowship and walk in his word, not perfection, we make mistakes, but my motive, Dr. Bettner, is to walk in his word. If I walk in his word, and then secondly, if I honor his name, and third, if I personally acknowledge that I have little strength within myself, God said, I'm going to open up the door. Now, this, is, now, this, now, well, this thing going to get deep. See, the problem with us, we, we prideful. We know everything. Can I get a witness? And God says, I'm not opening no doors for you. We live shabby lives. We're saved, but we want to act like the world. God said, I ain't opening no doors for you. Mm -hmm. And then we get ashamed of his name. God says, I won't open no doors for you. When I boast the name of Jesus, God's got to do something. I've been working in the government, and, and uh, they were playing office politics. This was 1984. They were playing office politics. The director was around the coffee pot in the morning, everybody kissing up to him. He was wicked. I mean, he was wicked. He called all his managers in, and if he didn't like you, he'd tell the manager, hit him, get him out of here. You're just wicked. And I remember going, coming around the coffee pot early in the morning. I was a minister. I was at my desk. You know, I come around the coffee pot. And then, yeah, man, you know, and, and, and we get in a conversation. And I told a co-worker, I said, um, they said, Ray, is your name up for promotion? I said, doesn't matter. I said, Jesus will put me 
where he wants me to be. So I start preaching at the coffee pot. Promotion comes not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, nor from your director. Promotion comes from the Lord. Do I, do I, do I, do I have a witness up in the house? Yeah, but what if he doesn't like you? No, God can change pharaohs. Y'all ain't praying with me, God. God. God can bring on another pharaoh who knew not Joseph. I, I got a witness up in this house. Can I get a witness? Child of God, that when you understand that these doors are open by the Lord for our future connection because of our faithfulness, to him, to him. I, I, was, I was saying, uh, you know, in my devotion, when I traveled, I was saying, and I, and I, and I, and I spoke from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 1, seeing we have this ministry, we don't faint. What do you mean by that? Well, in the pros in the Greek, when we are face to face, with Jesus yeah we have character and proper conduct uh -oh. I can be hooking and crooking drinking and cussing slipping and sliding going to bed with everything and saying I'm face to face with Jesus when, I, when, I, when I'm face to face with Jesus, my hands are clean. When I'm face to face with Jesus, I'm living right, doing right, talking. When, when I'm face to face with Jesus, oh Lord, it changes character and conduct. See, 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 when you save and I'm saved, when we sin, we got to jump over stuff. And the more word you know, the more you got to jump. Oh, I'm preaching that. See, a babe don't have to jump that far. They, they just came up the aisle and got saved. They don't know nothing, so they can just do this and start sinning all over again. But when you've been sitting under this word, when you, yeah, when you've been in the church for years and you've learned the doctrine of harmatology and the doctrine of soteriology, eschatology, yeah, 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 I'm preaching that Christology. When, when you, see, where much is given, much more is required. The more you know, the further you got to jump. Oh, I'm preaching somebody. I know 66 books, but you got to jump at least 66 feet. Can I get a witness? You, 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 you got to do some leaping, Doc. You got you to leap over all them times you got up in front of folk and spoke. You got to leap all them testalize you gave. You got you to gotta leap. Yeah, when you was bragging about your knowledge of the Most High God and every name you use, you got to erase it. Jehovah Jireh, I got to take it out. Jehovah M. Kadesh, I got to remove it. Jehovah, yeah, yeah, El Shaddai, I got to uh, put my ass to it. El Roy and yeah, yeah, Shalom. And when yeah, the more you know, the further you got to jump. Mm. Look at this. I must trust, tarry, and only if the Lord would permit me. Would this door be open? Only, only, only. And see, see, that's why 
to St. Matthew's. See, that's why some of y'all look at me and say, why is pastor so hard? Because we're trying and trusting to stay in his will. We can't get diverted because we want doors for St. Matthew's to keep opening up. Are y'all praying with me? Amen. You can't have a group over here doing their own thing. You can't have some prophesying evangelist that God ain't called. Come on now, somebody can hear me out this morning. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, that the devil put up in the first place. We can't have some amen, somebody that God didn't call the pastor, trying to pastor, can't. Come on now, can't. We, we can't have a divided house. Are you praying with me? Because we got to stay like a train. We got we, we got an engine, I'm the engine, and we got a caboose. Can I get a witness? And we got to, this, this train got to keep on the track that the Lord gave us and that's the way it is in your private life. Can I get a witness? That child of God, he says, in order for me to perceive the enlightenment of this open door, I got to trust, tarry, and conditionally keep looking to Jesus if he would permit it. Amen. You know, people, 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 I, I was getting ready to go somewhere else, but I'm not. I'm not. How do you pray about the will of God? You don't put no fleece before God. How do you pray about the will of God? Well, here's how you pray before the will. You pray, listen, you pray in the Lord, towards the Lord, with the Lord, for the Lord. You don't pray for yourself. Lord, I, I met this young lady, and she appeals to me, but I need to know if this is your will, because I can't see the future, but you can. I'm preaching to somebody. It looks right by me, but I've made mistakes before. That's why I'm praying now. Can I get a witness? Yeah, and, and this is what you, you pray, you thank him, and you leave it alone. Oh, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. You leave it alone. When God is ready to open the door, you don't, God don't need you or me to crack the door so he can open it. If God is in it, then let it go. I'm preaching to somebody. When you let it go, God can make things happen he wants your hands off of the situation. Turn to your neighbor and say, take your hands off. Paul moves from the perception, look at this, to a personal entering through this door. Now turn to your right to Colossians Chapter 4, I'm going to show you another open door. Colossians chapter 4, that's to your right. Come on now, come on. Come on, come on, come on. It's after Philippians, Colossians 4. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. Look at verse 2. Paul says, 
Continue in prayer, pray, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Let's stop. Let's, let's stop. He says, continue in your prayer, and then watch, and then give God thanksgiving. Are you with me? Yeah. He, he deals with an attitude of prayer, submission, watching, thanksgiving, and then he deals with the anticipation. Look at verse 3. Withal, praying also for us, now watch this now, that God would what? Open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Continue in prayer. Wait on, a, wait, wait on God's will. Watch for God's opening. Thank him for his blessings. The problem in the church is no one has taught us how to properly pray. Praying is not begging. Praying is not hoping. Praying is not saying that God will feel sorry for us. No, David prayed in the affirmative. That is, he prayed the word of God. He reminded God of his promises. You're not praying with me. Lord, hmm, I'm praying that you would save my daughter, and I'm thanking you for saving her. Now, God, you choose the method. You choose the way. You choose how you're going to do it. But I'm thanking you for saving my daughter. And, and, and the daughter might end up getting worse. Oh, I'm preaching now. But you are praying in the affirmative, Lord, thank you for dissolving all this confusion out of my marriage. I'm praying that me and my mate will learn to live in harmony. I'm praying that you would give me discipline to have a budget and keep it. I'm praying... Lord, have mercy that you would tell, teach me how to be a good mother and a good father, a good husband and a good wife. I'm praying and I'm thanking you in advance for the answer to my prayers in the name of Jesus. God didn't ask you to get on your knees and keep begging for the same thing day in and day out. What you prayed this morning should not be everything you prayed yesterday. Oh, I'm preaching now. Can I get a witness? Lord, I want you to, whatever your prayer is, you have to call things that be not visibly as though it already was mentally. You know why David was so awesome, why he was a man after God's own heart? Here's how David prayed. David got on the floor, on the ground, and reminded God of his promises. Lord, you said. See, that's why some of y'all scared to tithe. Some of y'all scared, and some of y'all, your, your will just won't let you do it. Here's, here's $5. Lord, have mercy. My tithe, let's say my tithe is $5. $5 is a tenth of what? 50. I make $50 a week. Ain't nobody in here making $50 a week. I make $50 a week. I come to church and say, I can't afford to tithe. But based 
on the word. Faith says, Lord, here's my five dollars, and I'm not going to sit here and worry about how the bill's going to be paid because you've said, in the name of Jesus. And as you give it, Satan is all in your mind saying, you, you dummy, you dummy. Uh, you, you got bills due, you got children in college, you got this, you got, and you, you just, just sitting there. And, 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 and what God, God, God says, because he took me at my word. Yeah, yeah. And because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells therein. Because I own everything. I own cattle on a thousand hills. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. That five dollars don't mean nothing. In fact, I don't need the five dollars and I'm not going to let you say you gave me something, amen, to help me out because God will never be in debt to any man. Can I get a witness? So God says, you know what? I need to make the nine-tenths go further than the ten-tenths. I need to show them that my word is reliable and that my word, uh, amen, will endure and heaven and earth will pass before one jot or tittle of my, I'm preaching this morning, of my word come to pass. So after you get a little five dollars, your son or daughter calls say, mommy, I found a job. Open door. I managed to buy a car and I got bad credit. Open door. I'm preaching up in this place this morning. Can I get a witness? I had no health care, but the doctor took care of me anyway. Open door. My God is an awesome God. He will do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask i'm preaching this morning all things to the only wise god our savior see 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 and proverbs proverb says a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men but we've taken that out of context a man's gift who is in service, a man's gift who is submitted, a man's gift who is working, a man's gift who's not sitting but serving, that man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. Check it out. He talks about this personal entering. Mm. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples, you're going to do greater works than me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now listen to this. Here goes Peter. You know, you, you, you got to love Peter. Peter said, wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, Jesus. Now, we have forsaken all to follow you. What you going to do for us? Jesus said, well, First of all, in this world, you're going to have tribulations. Be of good cheer, overcome the world. 
But secondly, in this life, you're going to receive a hundredfold with tribulations. Let's take me right to my next point. See, we want, we've been watching Jeopardy too long. What's behind the curtain? Y'all ain't praying with me. We want to open doors, but we don't want any difficulties. We want opportunities, but we don't want obstacles. When you begin to look at what Jesus is talking about, and not only the perception of the open door, and listen, amen, the personal entering of the open door, but the plight by the enemy who's waiting at the door. Stop. Go back to 1 Corinthians 16. Come on, hurry up. 1 Corinthians 16. Y'all got to move. I don't hear no Bibles. Amen. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many what? Stop. In every church, There are opportunities and oppositions. There are enemies that have been planted by the devil. Not just in church, on your job. There are people on your job that say, you know, I, I like her. I like him. And there are people on your job that are smiling on your face that can't stand do you know there are people that want to pull you down? You know what stops them from pulling you down? It's not you. It's Jesus. Lord have mercy. He says, I got your back. No weapon. That's from, if you got a business, there are people competing with your business. Can I get a witness? If you come in church with a mink stole, there are people that are sitting there angry and malicious that you got something they don't have. Isn't that, isn't that deep? They want what you have. Lord have mercy. Isn't that deep? That, yeah, you, you know, that, that, there are wheats and tares in the church. There are enemies planted by Satan in every, in every house. There's vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. And they're waiting, listen, they're waiting for the opportune time. That's why I don't take no stuff. I ain't fooling with you. I ain't fooling with you. Because the fact of the matter is, there are some people you will never meet their approval. Because they don't mean no good. And don't invite everybody around your house. Because they don't mean no good. Can I get a witness? And don't let everybody in your car because they don't mean no good. They sit up here riding right beside you. <laughs> How'd she get this? <laughs> and Lord, don't be good looking. Lord, don't be good looking. Can I get a witness? Amen. Don't be good looking or they really got a problem. She thinks they're cute. You do too. That's why you said it. 
are just envious and jealous and angry because they're not in your place. Look at this. And what God does miraculously, God gives us a balance so that the believer will learn to be humble. What does he do? He gives us opportunities and obstacles. Now, 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 when you look at this text, look what it says. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are what? Many adversaries. He didn't say you got two. He said with those blessings come a whole bunch of stuff, Doc. Whole bunch of stuff. Everybody don't mean you good. That's why you gotta walk wisely. Mm. Everybody. I was at the convention. God said, he he said, man, you know Gordon? He was talking to this guy from Chicago. He said, you know Gordon? He said, no, man, I don't know him. You know, I shook his hand. How you doing? He said, Gordon is the quiet assassin. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, man, you don't walk around here trying to impress nobody. You just show up. You're quiet. I don't broadcast St. Matthew's. St. Matthew broadcasts itself. Y'all ain't, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't getting this. I, I don't have to do that because I don't own nothing. <laughs> Jesus owns everything. Y'all ain't praying with me. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you learn that everything we have comes from the Lord. Do you know that? Do you know the clothes you got on come from the Lord? Do you know the health in your body comes from the Lord? Do you know the car you drove up in belongs to the Lord? Your job, your career, your college degree belongs to... Wait a minute. Your children belong to the Lord. They are the heritage of the Lord. Those children don't belong to you. They belong to Him. Now, I would say your husband and wife belong to the Lord, but I ain't going that far. In fact, the fact of the matter is, everything belongs to the Lord. So if everything belongs to the Lord, why do we walk around here and act like we own it? We don't own anything. We are stewards managing what belongs to him. I got to give an account how I raise Rain. I got to give an account how I raise Diamond. I got to give an account how I raise Rachel. I got to give an account how I pastor this church. I got to give an account for the money. I got to give an account for the souls. I got to give an account for the program. I got to give an account for the worship I'm preaching now. I got to give an account for the ministries. Can I get a witness? That's stewardship. Look at this. We got to learn how to live between these things. Riches and roadblocks, joy and junk, praise and pain. Ah. The adversaries he's talking about are planted oppositions to keep us humble. Mm. And just when it looks like we're getting ready to bust out with pride, God puts a humbling device in your life. Do I have a witness? 
Yeah, you're vivacious, you're good looking, you're dressed nice, you got a nice car, beautiful home, you, you got it all gone. And then God says, you know what? Yeah. And, and this is not hate, this is love. God says, I got to bring them down. Uh, can I get a witness? So you go to the doctor and the doctor found something. Now you're not all this in a bag of chips. Now you're low. Now you're praying. Now you know you need help. Can I get a witness? And you start to see things a little differently. And, and, and God will put a thorn in your flesh. It's called a, a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called a difficulty. It's called a divine deflationary device. A D, D, D. He'll put it in your flesh and you're walking around with pain and you're saying, Lord, move the pain. And God says, ah, my grace is sufficient. And in weakness, you're strong. You know why you're strong? Because God has allowed something in your life to drive you out of your mind, to keep you on your knees, to keep you humble, to keep you praising him, to keep you, oh, I'm preaching now. God will put something in there to keep your perspectives right. And here's the deep thing. And he won't move it. He won't move it. There are things I prayed about. God says, I am, buddy. You're going to die with that. You're going to die with that. Your life will end with that thorn. Because that thorn is placed there to keep you dependent upon me. Mm. So you don't get too uppity. Are y'all praying with me? Yeah. And, and, ch and, ch and child of God, child of God, child of God, and, 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 and when God says that to you, all you can do is thank him for the thorn. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to thank him for your thorn. Your thorn is power. Can I get a witness? Thanking for the mountains and thanking for the valleys and thanking for the storms and thanking for the hurt and thanking for the pain. Can I get a witness? It, it didn't get there by accident. God allowed it so that you and I, no matter what he does. Raymond Gordon, if I make you rich, that thorn will keep you right. Raymond Gordon, if I blow this church up, that thorn to keep your balance. I'm preaching to somebody up in here. Uh, Raymond Gordon, if I, no matter what I do, you're not going to lose it because you're going to be dependent on me because of this pain. Can I get a witness? And child of God, I'm, I'm coming in for a landing and Paul not only talks about the perception and talks about, yeah, uh, the plight and the pulling through, but he talks about the power through the open door. Are you still in here with me? Yeah. Turn to Revelation chapter 3 as we close. Amen. I'm talking about the power now. Yeah. 
In Revelation chapter 3, the seven churches of Asia Minor, we don't want to be like the church at Ephesus that lost the first love. We won't, don't want to be like the church at Sardis that was world, and we don't want to be like the church at Thyatira that was decked out but going to hell. We don't want to be like the church at Laodicea, the rights of the people, confused and wicked. We don't want to be like the church of Pergamos, married to the world. Two churches met his approval, Smyrna, because they suffered in Philadelphia. Church of brotherly love. Turn to chapter 3 of Revelation. Look at verse 8. I'm coming in. I know your works. No, go back up to verse 7. And to the angel, the, the messenger, the pastor of the church in Philadelphia, write these things. Say of he that is true and hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man can shut. When God opens your door, can't nobody shut it. Do I have a witness? I don't care whether they like you or don't like you. They can't shut the door. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Can I get a witness? You know what? When the Lord is on your side, he's more for you than the world is against you. When the Lord opens up something, can nobody mess with it. Well, let's try to trick him up. Let's try to catch him. Let's, let's try to uh, uh, secretly work again. Oh, no. When the Lord, when the Lord does something, you, you, you can't overturn it. I get a witness? Hey, yeah, yeah. Look, 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 look what he says in verse 7. No man can shut it and no man can open a door for you. He said, well, you know, come over to my house. I'll help you. You better watch that. The Lord. That's what makes him Lord. Can I get a witness? Verse 8, I know your works. Behold, I have sat before you an open door that no man, verse 8, can shut. Here it is. Here's the three qualifiers. For you have just a little strength. Beatitudes. Matthew 5. Blessed is the man, woman, or child that's poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means you know you're bankrupt. You're messed up. You're no good. You're dirty. You're stained. You're unclean. Blessed. That man is happy. Can I get a witness? It's you uppity folk, you sophisticated idiots that God's got a problem with. You think you got all that together. You ain't got nothing together. You ain't nothing but a bag of smoke. Can I get a witness? God loves people that know their background. Prostitutes, crack addicts, and people in prison will beat church folk in heaven. You know why they're going to beat you in heaven? Because they know they bankrupt. Can I get a witness? You sitting out here trying to hang in there on your morals, on your reputation. You ain't really got no reputation. We all messed up. If I go back far enough in your life, we're going to find the truth out about you. Can I get a witness? Sitting up in church like you queen, you were really a whore. 
sitting up in church like you king. You was really a whoremonger. You, you was a drunk. You was a gambler. You was no good. All we got to do is go back far enough. Can I get a witness? I know you think you all that. But if God put your life on that screen, you run out of this place. Can I get a witness? You sold drugs, you took drugs, amen. You was evil, you was no good, you was hell bound, but God, who's rich in mercy. He's rich. Isn't he rich? He's rich. He saved me when I should have been in hell. He, he comforted me when I should have been agitated. He, 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 he pulled me in when I should have gave up. Mm. Thou hast a little strength. And thou hast, here's the second thing, kept my word. And thou hast not denied <laughs> my name can I get a witness and we trying to get St. Matthews to understand that God wants us to acknowledge that we are nothing we just have a little strength and yeah we're trying to walk in the light of his word and we have not denied yeah his name his name is not Buddha no Allah his name is not any other name but his name is Jesus and when you acknowledge that name heaven comes to a halt when you not acknowledge that name hell backs up when you acknowledge that name yeah grace begins to circulate because there's only one name in heaven and in earth and under the earth that is recognized that at the name I'm coming in now of Jesus the Christ every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God but every true believer got to learn to live between things we got to live between these two natures. We got to live between heaven and hell. We got to live between trials and triumphs. Our history and our hurts. Our God's providence and our pain. Joy and junk. Riches and ruin. Much and little. Fellowship and fractures. Crisis and confidence. Trials and trust. That's why Paul says, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. Can I get a witness? These doors are for us to go through. These doors are for us to gain advantages. These doors are for us to please God. Can I get a witness? And Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. In he the door to the sheepfold. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. Can I get a witness? Well, you got to keep the door open. There's some opportunities at the door. When you and I keep his word, when you and I know that we have just a 
little bit of strength. When you and I praise his holy name, can I get a witness? And God's going to keep opening doors for St. Matthews. He's going to keep opening doors for us to be blessed because we have not forgotten his name. Can I get a witness? This is not Gordon's house. It's not your house. It's Jesus' house. And Jesus is the name that we go by. He is the main attraction. Can I get a witness? He's going to open up doors for your children. He's going to open up doors for your marriage. He's going to open up doors for your entrepreneurship. As long as you put him first. Can I get a witness? We ought to stand on our feet. We ought to clap our hands and say, neighbor, keep the door open. There he is. There is. There is a door of opportunity. Let's stand on our feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, and you need to be saved. Jesus, son of the living God, died for your sins, was buried and rose again the third day with all power in his hands. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. He wants you to come freely. If you want to join the church, raise your hand. Put your hand in the air. You ought to belong to this church. If your hand is raised, come on down. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Yeah. Raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Come on down. Praise his name. Balcony, come on down. Bless the Lord. Praise Jesus. Come on, baby. Praise Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, there you go. Turn right around. Praise Jesus. Come on, baby. Praise the Lord. Oh, look at them shoes. Oh, look at them shoes. Praise Jesus. How are you, darling? Come on, come on. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, brother. Is there another? Just come. It's a new year. It's 2012. We need a new focus, a new formula, a new finish, and listen, a new future. Step out right now. In the name of Jesus, God will open up doors for you. Won't he open up doors? He'll open up opportunities that you've never seen before if you just come. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Is there another? Is there another? Bless you all. Thank you for coming. Please follow minister. Church say amen. Church say amen. Church say amen. Let's stand on our feet. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you want the door to open, three things you got to do. Keep his word. Don't deny his name. And what's the, what's the third one? I ain't say no tarry. <laughs> and know that you are weak in strength.
I love y'all. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. And as we do these three things, we expect you to open up doors of opportunity for us, our children, our family. But we know at those doors will be opposition. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go peacefully. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you.